A change of season means longer days, better outdoor activities, and more ways to get healthier, including checking in on your health and wellness. With Everly Well, you can take action today by taking one of their at-home lab tests or by adding their vitamins and supplements into your daily routine. Everly Well is digital healthcare designed for you, all at an affordable and transparent price. With over 30 at-home lab tests, you'll be able to choose the test that makes the most sense for you to get the answers you need, like the women's health test or food sensitivity test. I use the food sensitivity test on myself and my daughter because she was reacting to things, but I couldn't figure out what. And Everly Well sent us the test, and now we have our answers. <laughs> and so here's how it works. Everly Well ships products straight to you with everything needed in one package. To take your at-home lab test, simply collect your sample and use the included prepaid shipping label to mail your test back to a certified lab. Your physician-reviewed results get sent to your phone or device in just days. Balanced hormones are just one of the things that keep us healthy and feeling our best, especially when you're under the weather, like me. But <laughs> So I actually did take the women's hormone panel test and I shared it with my doctor who helped me balance those suckers. Nice. And for <laughs> listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash OC. That's everlywell.com slash OC for 20% off your next at-home lab test. everlywell.com slash OC. Welcome to the OC Bitches. We are on season three, episode five, The Perfect Storm. Mm -hmm. I think that movie came out about the same time, right? Or just before this, probably. You know, that movie really pissed me off. Oh. Because you go through the whole damn movie and you get to the end and they're all fucking dead. So you don't know if any of that even <laughs> happened. Like, how did they know? How, how did they, they recreate? How can you tell the story <laughs> if no one was alive to tell the story? So you're watching this whole thing. I'm like, oh, well, this, you know, thinking that this all happened and then they all die. And you're like, I just spent two hours. I felt gypped. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it's significant <laughs> artistic <mad>. license. <laughs> well, especially because I'm in Massachusetts. There's a There are a lot of people with a lot of um, strong opinions about that as well. well oh, really? really? Oh, and then this episode is then the perfect, this is this is your last episode. But you know what? We should probably let our audience know who, who we're, we're talking, talking to? to. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> some that dude. That caffeine got you dude. going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, today's guest is Eric Mabius. And I just had to add your full name because I love it. Eric Harry Timothy Mabius is an actor <laughs> and father of two. And after getting his degree in cinema studies from Sarah Lawrence, he made his film debut in Welcome to the Dollhouse. Other films include I Shot Andy Warhol, Cruel Intentions, The Crow Salvation, and Resident Evil. In television, he appeared on The L World, L Word, <laughs> Ugly Betty, woo, and Sign Sealed Delivered. And this is just to name a few. You all know him as that likable and that favorite <laughs> dean of discipline, Jack Hess. Welcome, Eric. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm sorry I can't be there in person. I am hiding out here in the woods of Western Massachusetts. Well, well yes, it looks very lovely, your kitchen. Thank you. I know. <laughs> Thank you. I have well, to say. Okay, before we get started, there's something I needed to um, ask about because I saw this on your Wikipedia page. Oh, yeah. I need to know about your luge talent because it says that you were an honorary captain of the 2010 what? Olympics. And I have an interesting connection to luge. Well, when I moved 
to Amherst for high school. Uh-huh. I became fast friends with a guy who was on the senior national team and on the Olympic team. He was my classmate and uh, he was in the Calgary games and I went to watch him compete up in Lake Placid. And I just thought it was the craziest thing next to NASCAR. It was like NASCAR on ice. And I thought mm. I have to be, you know, a part of this. So I signed up for some summer recruitment camps and I made the traveling team and I would, so I'd leave high school in October and come back in March and I'd be gone traveling around the world and competing and training. Wow. That's exciting. And, uh, That's exciting. I'm always so amazed yeah. when I see that. It looks, it looks terrifying, but also fun. It's kind well, of it's also that. <laughs> that time of your life, I mean, I wouldn't do it now. Because <laughs> no. my um, my father-in-law, Adam's father, mm-hmm. was a part of the 1964 very first luge Olympic team. What? His, really? His name was George Farmer. Or his name is George Farmer. And then he's also... I remember that name. Yeah, That's he so was... Funny. He, he um, in the I guess, at the Olympics, he hurt himself in the trials, I guess, at the Olympics. But he also is part of, you know, there's the top 10 most controversial situations that happened at the Olympics. He and the team got into a big fight in Vienna. Oh. And um, he's he's like number eight in one of those. But anyway, that was, I thought that was an interesting, <laughs> interesting connection because. Yeah, uh, because that was, I mean, that was the Innsbruck Games, correct? That he was in? 64 in Vienna. Yeah. Uh, so he would have been in um, yeah. uh, Austria, right? Innsbruck. Right. And I okay. think. Um, that was the year. It wasn't the U.S. team, but I think someone lost their. Ooh. There was a cable hanging down, and oh my someone God. sat up at the outrun at <gasps> the end. I, I don't know if it was during the Olympics or during a training run, but yeah, it was oh, one of wow. the, most horrific, the most horrific story I'd ever heard. Oh yeah. my gosh, maybe that one's not on the list. Anyway, yeah, no, maybe <laughs> my mouth is on That's the floor. So <laughs> random. Oh God. Anyway, how did you get the acting bug? <laughs> <laughs> When that happened, uh, I think growing up in the back seats at drive-ins, you know, when my parents would take us to the eight and ten shows, and they would, and we were supposed to fall asleep for the ten o'clock show, and mm-hmm. we wouldn't, and we watched from the back seat. I think the the mystery of drive-in theaters, and my mom taking me to theater when I was a little kid, and um, my dad sort of being obsessed with movies. Mm-hmm. It was seventies. I was born seventy one, so that was sort of that that era with it the uh, U.S. filmmakers were trying to rip off a lot of the European filmmakers and making great, great product, obviously. Um, and Scorsese was kind of coming into his own, but, but that really started it. And, um, and I started interning at a theater my freshman year of college. And I really watching like John Patrick Shanley workshop new plays and sneaking in watching Totoro and Dreyfus rehearse. I just had it under my skin. Do you feel like that that sounds similar to me because my father was an actor, but he was a film buff as well. And I remember watching, my dad didn't care um, if I watched R-rated movies or very adult movies. Um, uh, You know, I'm thinking Prince of the City, Treat Williams or... My dad sat me down. My dad also is into movies. And I remember being like seven years old and he sat me down to watch How the West Was Won. (laughs) And I was like... Dad, so or or or, seven. or this yeah. or Serpico, or um, yeah. a lot of the Aunt Lawrence of Arabia, or I mean. movies that you just were like, these are you knew they were important, but I had no yeah. idea what was going on right. in sixth grade. Yeah, no, like being <laughs> scarred you? by Godfather when you're right. like seven years old. Oh yeah, right? yeah. I always thought there was yeah. going to be the head of a horse in my bed at some point. <laughs> 
Yeah. But I think it's when you see your your dad as a dad, but then you see your parents' passion, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, this is, if it's important to my parents, it must be important. It's interesting how those things are passed on. So food is really important. CG's finally getting it. Food and film. Very good. Yeah. So really, we sort of absorb that. And yeah, they sort of imbue it with that meaning. I think it was, was really important, like going to see... Remember, we had a class trip in seventh grade to um, see the king and I. Yul Brenner mm. had brought the show back when he had cancer, and they, he knew he was going to pass away. And he came back, and he did like a short run, and I saw him do that. Wow! Very, did that's you do so musical cool. theater ever? I didn't. No, no, I only sing in the shower here and there. I have to <laughs> for, for a role, but no, I don't really <laughs> like my voice so much. <laughs> I love Welcome to the Dollhouse. I. You yes. to watch that movie all the time. That's so cool. That it was your first film. Is that right? It was, yeah. 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 That was again one of those I had to sing in, and then they ended up dubbing that. But uh, <laughs> it was really, it was really great. It was a lot of fun. Todd is just such a brilliant filmmaker. I noticed that a number of your early films revolved around high school, or yeah. didn't they? When you think of they did Dollhouse and oh yeah, yeah. Cruel intentions. Yeah, it's such. funny because watching watching this um, this episode of the OC, I thought, wow, I haven't, I mean, I haven't played such an overt bad guy, like <laughs> evil bad guy, in so long. But it, because early on, it was a lot of super edgy indie movies, and and Dollhouse was in its own way definitely ahead of its time. Mm. But yeah, a lot of like troubled youth teens, yeah, roles like that. So you'd already done that by the time you came to the OC. Did they offer it to you or did you have to audition? I don't believe I auditioned for it. I was just off a series for um, uh, John McNamara created a series called Eyes that was really fun and that had just gotten um, canceled. So... So they, so they clearly when the Josh and Stephanie are, when they're like, oh, this guy knows this character. And I mean, he, he really is such a dick. Oh my, well, it's, it's, inter- it's an interesting, like, you know, obviously in this episode or in the next episode, um, we see, we start getting some where they make, they purposely make some characters um, vulnerable and likable. And they never did that with your character. <laughs> No, you were just that flat out. I mean, do you, do you, you, were you playing a lot of villains? Do you embrace the villain villain or do you try not to be typecast now? Well, no, I definitely, yeah. Well, the funny thing is, as you know, everyone remembers you only for your last role, generally, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And I was in that um, kind of indie movie mode for quite a while and whenever you're doing film they're like well why why don't you do tv and then you do tv and everyone's like well why haven't you done film so it it doesn't really it's strange because now i've been maybe it's because i have i have kids but i you know was never a candidate to do like a hallmark movie and then um this amazing writer martha williamson created this show that i fell in love with and i've been doing that for a number of years now and I play the sweetest guy in the world, like very buttoned up, very verbose, very sort of anachronistic and put together and three piece suit. And he runs the dead letter office in the Denver post office. They try and deliver, you know, parcels and packages that um, can't be delivered. So it's, um, so no, I, at generally I'm not gravitating towards playing a villain that going back to watch the episode yesterday, I thought it was good that I wasn't judging 
the guy because he is such a jerk, I would mm-hmm. have punched the guy as well. It's, <laughs> right. it's really bad. Do you remember? And I don't know why there was nothing redeeming about that. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 please. Uh, but we're just wanting, we always like want to know if you have any memories like from being there and being on set and, you know, anything from your time on the OC. It was funny. I was trying to remember, I had to go back and look at the date uh. that this aired because, and I was trying to figure out why I don't have a lot of memories because I was in, a, you know, a few episodes. Um, and it was right around when I proposed to my wife at yes. the time. Aww. And and the show had just, quite literally just gotten canceled, the one I was on for, mm. uh, called Eyes for ABC. So I think all that was sort of coming together. And I don't have a lot of memories except um, it being a fun set to be on. And um, certain people wishing that they weren't stuck on a hit TV show and wanting to do film at the time. Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that made an impression upon me. I thought, you know what? Yeah. You're like, if I could just... You're very fortunate. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it wasn't me, yeah. right? <laughs> no. Well, no, no, yeah, no, no. We, we... I wouldn't bring it up. I'm, I'm more tactful. We've, dis- we've discussed this because, I mean, we try to explore why this show was such a cultural phenomenon and, and so many things. I mean, for instance, you went on to Ugly Betty, which I kind of... Con- and, and you were on Sexiest Man Alive list with people. And there's a certain <laughs> amount of fame that comes with it. And I feel like Ugly Betty had a similar similar fan base for a while. Do you have thoughts on getting that kind of attention or being on a show like that? Um, because we, we explore uh, that... The, the effects of that fame on this show a little bit. I think, I think we all have a little bit of that wanting to slow everything down and appreciate what's happening because everything comes at you so quickly. No matter how much experience you have, nothing can prepare you for that specific sort of barrage. And the fact that we, there was a lot of bouncing around with our show. We shot the pilot in New York, then the first two seasons in LA, and then they moved us to New York. So, and right in, and during that time, we had um, both both my sons. So, mm. I felt like I really wanted to enjoy that experience because I was surrounded by such talent, and it was such an you know a fun job to go to every day. But I was being pulled. You know, my kids are at home. I'm missing out on things I can't ever get back. So, so yeah, it was it was a, it was hard, as you know. It was we were almost ten months out of the year. We were almost always shooting two episodes simultaneously, mm. and um, and the time downtime you had, they were usually traveling you for press. So there was never, you know, there was never any other time. So, so yeah, I wish I could slow time down, and I tried to appreciate it then, appreciate being a new dad, and appreciate you know that being a part of that show. But it you know never irons out the way you. <laughs> we discuss a lot of that. How it's hard to have to be a parent and fly across the country and miss out and it, what it does to the psyche. It's definitely, it definitely had a, had worked my brain quite a bit from time to time. Yeah. It definitely. Yeah. I can't imagine doing it as a mother. No way. No, no. It it guides my decisions for sure. I didn't work for the first three years of my daughter's life. And then when I went back, it was, oh my goodness. (laughs) It was so rough. (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. So yeah, just wow. get them through. Col- get them to college, and then you can go back. I got a right? ways to go. It's like, wait a second. <laughs> now you're too old, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Article combines the curation of a boutique furniture store with the comfort and simplicity of shopping online. And Article has just launched their new outdoor products for the summer with 42 new pieces plus a selection of bestsellers from seasons past. And you know what I like to do? I like to check out their last chance sale items. There are so many stylish options at huge savings. It's enough for your entire patio, bedroom, or even your whole home. Article's team of designers focuses on beautifully crafted pieces, quality materials, and durable construction. They are dedicated to a modern aesthetic of mid-century Scandinavian industrial and bohemian designs. I can't tell you how many pieces of Article furniture I have in my house. I love it so much. It's so accessible. It comes fast and it's affordable. And also your room or your house looks really cute. Article not only makes it easy to shop online, but they have incredibly fair prices too. You can save up to 30% off traditional retail prices. Article is able to keep their prices low by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. No showrooms, no salespeople, no retail markups. <laughs> Sign me up. Article is offering our listeners $50 off their first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash OC and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash OC to get $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Well, well t- we wanted to get into um, let's get the into perfect the storm. Yeah. Still mad over here. <laughs> Still mad. I want answers. Uh, but the synopsis for the episode is Ryan finds out about Dean Hess's crusade to ruin his reputation. Feeling discouraged, he drops his tutor and lands a job as a fisherman with Johnny's help. Meanwhile, Summer is that funny? Because I was watching this, okay, yesterday, and I text Josh, and I'm like, I text Josh Schwartz, and I was like, so Ryan's about to become a fisherman. He's like, ah, season three. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel doesn't remember. She's watching for the first oh, yeah, time. Yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. watching for the first time. He's like, he's back. I'm like, a fisherman? Like, what is happening? Okay, sorry. Meanwhile, Was he displeased with his uh, his tangent? In the, uh, you know, season no? three is always a rough a rough one for Schwartz. But I'm actually, you know, I know he said that. So I was, I don't know. I, I'm enjoying it. I, I like it. What I just you- know what's coming. So I'm dreading it. Okay. So I do know what, what's coming. Okay. <laughs> Summer and Seth are determined to catch Taylor Townsend and Dean Hess in the act. They loop in Sandy, who uses his legal skills to get rid of Dean Hess and get Ryan back at Harbor. Also, Charlotte finds a new mark in Julie Cooper. She preys on Julie's vulnerabilities and offers to buy her a condo and hopes to enlist her in a bigger scam. Directed by Tony Warmby, written by Mike Kelly. Original air date, November 3rd, 2005. Woo. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's, well, so starting with this episode, we see, um, I just wanted to comment that Kirsten is now trying to cook for her family. Is this like the eggs, eggs Benedict? The egg. I said eggs. I've never said eggs, eggs in my life. Eggs. I don't know what happened. just happened right there. Eggs Benedict eggs. Gruyere, um, avec Why? pâté de fruits. And it what is, was wrong with the way you eggs, said eggs? eggs? I'm sorry. Eggs. Do like, you see how, hear how I'm saying it? Eggs. I say eggs. <laughs> eggs is Kind of West Coast. No, well, I'm from LA. I think because I oh, was, you are. I was oh, I back east. I just came from my family back east. Maybe that's why I said eggs. They had ogies and eggs. Oh eggs. my god. <laughs> anyway, are they from Philly? Yes, my mom's from Philly. Oh, 
Oh, right on. Oh, and they have water. They water. Oh, water. yes, they do. Yep, yep. Hold on now. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Anyway. Are you, you going to put out the wash? <laughs> <laughs> so it's the, it's morning, of course, and we start our Cohen kitchen morning, and Kirsten is serving food that looks... I, got just, I just have to give it to the props for when they see it in the script that it says... Pot, uh, Eggs Benedict Gruyere avec pâté de fruits, fruits, whatever. Was it not like a jello mold? Of it was fruit? like jello, yeah. <laughs> and then she hands it, and they, of course they want cereal and bagel, and they're yeah. just so grossed out. But there's a funny scene. There's a funny look where Adam's playing with it, and Ben is just cracking up. <laughs> but the um, prop department did a did a great job on that food. Anyway, it did then, look beautiful. Yeah, right. It did, and there's no chance she actually cooked that. Kirsten. <laughs> right, right. No, the prop department did. Yes. But anyway, Sandy gets a phone call from Dr. Kim and uh, says that, of course, Ryan can go to this fair, this college fair, but that he's found out that Dean has has attached a, a, a letter to the transcript, um, I guess, highlighting his psychotic behavior. No, is that the word they use? I don't know, but uh, it's... Do you, like, find it... It's just... Dean has is so evil. <laughs> well, and you don't play a villain as a villain. He's got, he's motivated, right? You know, but you didn't Absolutely. judge him. Absolutely. I don't know why it was so, I mean, I, I did what I was allowed to do in as much, you know, as I was allowed to do. And you but did yeah, actually was... make out with Autumn Reeser, right? Yeah. When I catch you guys. Yeah. And he did punch you at the carnival, if you remember that. Yeah. Do you remember yes, shooting that? <laughs> I, I do remember that because yeah. there was... You know, it was a big sort of uh, fair scene mm-hmm. and um, lots of emotion running high. Yes. Well, in in the meantime, he goes off to he goes off to have lunch, I guess, with Marissa at her school. Who does? Ben. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. He goes to the new school. I didn't know that you can do that. No. You can actually go to a public oh, school. Let me tell you about public school. Okay, so one of my best friends went to Pali, which is Pacific Palisades High School. Yeah. And I remember. Like, I didn't have school one day. I was in a different school in the Valley. And she's like, just come to school with me. Literally, I went to high school with her for the day. Sat in all the classes. The teachers were like, hey. Like, no thing. You know, it was just, ah, I don't know. Interesting. I went to school. I went to Pali for a day. That's yeah. cool. So, yes. Good to know. <laughs> public schools are a little more lenient. <laughs> Did you notice that Chili was wearing a t-shirt that said Big Japan on it? Adam's band? No, I didn't. Yeah. That was Adam Brody's band. And Johnny Lewis, That's who played funny. Chili, was one of Adam's really good friends. Um, and that was his band at the time. Yeah. It used to be Big in Japan. And then they dropped the in and just became just Big, Big Japan. Japan. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, it's in the great. meantime, so <laughs> Ryan is bonding with... Johnny, Chili, and Casey, and that's a nice little little thing there. But you know what? At the actual fair, Ryan... The college fair. Yeah, the college fair that some are called the circus. <laughs> so this is where he uh, is talking to Berkeley, and they suggest architecture, which was kind of a nice moment. Is If this is the first time they mention architecture for the character of Ryan... Because, of course, we know that's kind of the route that yeah. he's going on. Also, Princeton was called New Jersey University or something? College of... College of New Jersey? I never knew that. I'm assuming that's an actual fact. Seth Probably. says it in the hallway. He, he's like, Princeton oh, moves where I see it. Seth says it? Anyway. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming that's, that. fa- that's facts. But Dean and has... I have a friend who grew up in Princeton. Really? So yeah. I've never heard that. I've driven yeah. through there. It's beautiful. It is, yeah. So Ryan is there <laughs> with Sandy and Kirsten. And 
Dean Hess walks in and just clocks him and he's beelining. And here we come, hero Sandy, who gets right in front of him and says, come on, you're really, you're going to, like, of course he needs to be punished for his, for his behavior, but you're going to ruin his only shot, right? Or he, uh, Dean, Dean wants to kick him out. And of course, Sandy's yes. like, unless you have a court-ordered injunction. Right. It's Which a is, public event and he's allowed to be there. Right. But I think... Can a yeah. dean override a principal? No, I don't believe so. Okay. Because then it would go to the board, I would imagine. Right. Um, Because he got clearance from principal. I mean, we didn't have, our high school didn't have a dean of discipline. I don't know if I've ever heard of that. dean? I feel like maybe we had a dean. Did Notre Dame have a dean? Well, there's deans, but are there, but a dean of discipline. No, no, I mean, like in (laughs) high school, yeah, it's like, I guess for a very wealthy private school, they would have There's anything you can do. I feel like. Possibly. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> well, but the whole point of this is that they have this confrontation and Sandy is trying to do something to appeal to, to the dean. And he's like, F no, he's no, I'm not doing this. And, and Ryan overhears it. He says he, no college is going to touch him. And instead of just, he doesn't storm off, but he basically just goes, he gives up and yeah. walks away. And then the next thing we see is, is Seth like showing up with coffee. And his first thing is like, oh man, I thought you went Greyhound. Right, that was like he left on the Greyhound bus. Because he's always leaving. He's always he's, leaving. But he's, nope, I'm giving up. Nope, he doesn't leave. What does he do? Quits, <laughs> quits high school. Quits his tutor, who, yeah. which is his high school. High school, right. Because he got kicked out, thanks to Dean Hess. And... He's such a jerk. <laughs> I mean, if... I guess, what's going on with Ryan? Because... Is not going to college such a big deal? I guess for the for the purpose of this, I didn't go well, I went for a semester, but I didn't do college. But I guess for the purpose of a television show, we have to show these stakes being high. And in everyone's world, Ryan, why would you do this? Why would you quit high school? I think quitting high school is a serious serious mistake. Yeah, you don't want course. to quit high school. Right. Right. But But it's also Sandy and, and their involvement in trying to help, you know, steer him in the right direction, mm-hmm. um, setting him up for success. I think it's part of that. Yeah. Yeah, and I like how Sandy refers to him as my son. Well, yes. I mean, I know he does that, but it just, (laughs) this moment, I was like, that's really sweet. Okay, so he's, he's quits his tutor. (laughs) And and, yeah, but everybody's like, what? And then Marissa's like, what? And she tells Johnny. Yep. And what does Johnny do? (laughs) Johnny goes to meet him (laughs) and at the diner Uh because he's got, yeah, got the best burgers. He didn't know about the diner. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but he doesn't, he says, you know, no offense, but you don't know me. And he's like, no, I don't, you know, it's not like he's trying to talk him into it, but, but he mentions, Ryan mentions that he needs a job and he's like, well, my uncle's got a commercial fishing business. I mean. This is where you had to text Josh. <laughs> Introduce our new fisherman, Ryan Atwood. I was like, a fisherman? <laughs> and let me tell you, okay, I know later on, and we'll get there, when we see him getting on the boat, the only thing I could think of was Deadliest Catch. Did you not see Ryan yes. about to, like, embark on basically that reality show of Deadliest Catch? I think it had more <laughs> impact today because we now all know that show. Like, what it's oh. actually going to be like. Yeah. Well, I don't know about actually, but yeah, they're we not had in a Alaska, but... glimpse of what it's like to be a fisherman <laughs> living on a boat in the middle of the ocean. Does not look glamorous. Yeah. But he's up for the job and he gets... Of course he is. <laughs> and, he, and he shows up late for this dinner. And of course, Seth is, is speculating that he's off with a cult 
drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> and he shows up and he says, not only, he says, um, I'm not, you know, Ryan, or sorry, Seth and Kirsten have rehired the tutor, but instead he asks for, for them to sign this release form. And he's like, what are you talking about? And of course, Sandy ends up signing it. And there's this moment where Kirsten goes, Sandy. Seth goes, dad. <laughs> and because... <laughs> Because Ben did some super intense acting. Let me see if I can recreate it. Oh boy, here we go. (laughs) He goes, he he was like, I need to make my own decisions. And that's when Sandy goes, okay, I'll sign it. (laughs) Well done. Scene. (laughs) Well done, Mindy. I don't know. I, Um, I thought it was better in my head when I thought about that. Uh, my favorite is Marissa at this dinner because she just called him out. Oh, that's so... the next dinner. Oh, that's not this dinner? No. Okay. But <laughs> oh, but you're right. No, but, but no, that it goes to that next thing. I mean, is that they're go, they have this farewell dinner. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And what, yeah, she's not having it. No, I love it. She's calling him out. So you're for um, team Marissa here where she's like, what the? He's not even. What is he? 18, 17? 17. He's like, I'm quitting. I'm going to go be a fisherman, a deep sea fisherman. Like, you're not. Whatever. He's just, it's a little far fetched. Wait, but okay. But that, that being said, how funny was the scene, though, with Peter saying, with Kirsten saying, I didn't use shrimp, I used tofu. tofu. And he says, I like the tofuna, the tofurkey, the cream to cheese. And he says, too much. And then you say, oh, tell me about the captain. And she says, oh. <laughs> what the hell? I don't, I don't know. know. We're kind of giggling here, Eric. I just think that's one of I the know, funniest things. And nobody laughs. About what, my parents? Yeah. <laughs> Polly want a cracker? But I, mean, I feel like Summer even makes fun of herself. Like, okay. <laughs> I you just know? thought it was very cute. Because everyone should have been laughing about to that. Schwartz about my parrot outburst. Yeah, there was a joke about pirates and peg legs or something. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. A lot yeah. of, uh, yeah. a lot of, uh, you know, I just in- enjoyed the sea, sea jokes. There's so much humor we all it, were getting from our summer sea legs. this episode. <laughs> and I just love it. And for yeah. some reason, it's like, it was, she does it to complete dead air because it's just so intense, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But Marissa, Season three. She, Marissa gets up and takes off and reminded me of CG. You know what? I'm just, ruining everyone's dinner. I'm going to go. She didn't actually say she that. My, I say CG is my daughter. <laughs> she reminds me of that. Yeah. She gotcha. has every right to be pissed. She has every right. I mean, they're literally boyfriend and girlfriend and he doesn't even tell her, oh, by the way, I'm out of here. Right. They, she had to hear it from that's messed up. Kirsten. But then he actually says, well, Johnny's the one who got me the job. And that's when Marissa's oh, like, yeah. oh. And then she goes and confronts Johnny. Yeah, and he was like, he's so like deer in the headlights. He's like, what? I thought I was helping. And she goes, oh, right. I guess now, I should be mad at you. There's like an underlying thing where he's trying to get rid of Ryan because he's in love with Marissa. You know, he plays it so innocently. I don't know. I on, No, I honestly think that when Ryan says what I need is a job, I think, I think Johnny under, relates to that because of where they came from. Okay. He's like, I'm not going to college. Okay, let me see if I can help you this way. I think he genuinely did that at the at the moment. But then when she says, I don't know where he is, and she's and he says, Well, I do. And and she shows up at the dock. She see, looks so out of place in this deadliest catch scenario <laughs> in that cute little dress. 
I really like that he tries to get him the job because almost like a Rorschach test, like if he's going to hang with that job or it's going to scare him straight right back into school oh. because it is such a hard... You oh. know, it is. That's a great point, Eric, because it is only is three gonna, weeks. He can't get off the boat. Oh, it's only three weeks? I'm thinking five months. Did they say three weeks? The captain it, as suggested... As long, he said, it depends how long, how good the fishing is. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So I think there's a lot going on, but... All right, well, three weeks is not as big of a deal. <laughs> right. But but there is... Um, so Marissa shows up and she does say, I didn't get to say what I really feel. Mm-hmm. And you kind of think that she's going to say something nice. She's, and it's very valid because at first I was like, she seems really pissed off, but for three weeks. But she says, <laughs> it reminds me of what my dad did. He's left. He's left me on a boat and it's never worked out. And you're a coward. And... Because she's finally figured out that her dad's such a coward. So that's super valid. It I was. really relate to that. I did. And I thought she did a very good job in that scene. Right, right. I'd be pissed. Right. I mean, the hard part is prolonging that point to where they do in the story. Right. You know why that doesn't happen the first time that uh, she gets mad at him for not telling him. Right. Before we um, finish what happens after, let's jump to mm-hmm. your storyline because... <laughs> I wanted to call this the sidekick episode. Clearly. Oh, the actual sidekick <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. device. Yeah, because when they when you guys are show up at, at school. Bedazzled, mind you. I, I, you look I'm, like you had fun with that. Oh, yeah. I was laughing because there's that one scene when we, I know we, well, anyway, when Taylor comes to the hotel and I try to close it. Like, yeah. To, oh, I remember filming that when I'm like, yeah, 10-4, good buddy. Like that whole <laughs> thing between Seth and Summer and I try to slam the sidekick sidekick shut and it doesn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty convinced that we had We did because we all were gifted sidekicks. I don't, I don't remember getting one. (laughs) Oh no. No, just the corner four. I mean, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The ones that needed. (laughs) They did. I feel like we all had sidekicks. I, that was really fun because you had that satisfaction of a flip phone, like snapping it shut on someone. But on sidekick, you were just like, and you got to like, well, with that and, sound effect, and it's funny exactly when, like when Sandy actually is playing with it in, in the end scene, he goes, he kind of fumbles it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was acting or if it was real because it seemed pretty real. <laughs> but I looked up the history of Sidekick because it's, you know, but, and it literally was the first one to kind of, they call it kind of the first smartphone, really. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was fun to type on it because you had both of your It was thumbs. horizontal. Yeah, it was yeah. horizontal. And you could just be like, well, yeah. when Sandy comes to confront Dean Hess, he gives a full rundown of <laughs> that capabilities. Was a, that was a commercial, right? Did you not <laughs> no, find absolutely. it odd? And I know we are all over the place, but did you not find it odd that you never actually see the pictures he he's claiming to have? I know he's bluffing, but I mean, you're, I'm watching it and I'm like, I would ask to see the pictures. We have to, yeah. Yeah. You have to suspend a huge amount of disbelief. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. this is, yeah. But I mean, anyway. especially because Dean is such a, he's such a needler. I'm sure he would have been like, what are you talking about? Show me Yeah, he would have. Yeah. 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 But you automatically blame Taylor, which is. Yeah, he seemed to have enough. But the problem is, I think he had enough information that was yeah. true that they, but they, that they both fall for even, and this is before social media, even saying something can really, you know, make somebody guilty yeah. without without yeah. proof. No, he yeah, had was, enough information because yeah. Summer literally did see you guys kissing. Yeah, so, it's true. You know, so, yeah. So, so it was something that happened. And- but when we first see them, see Taylor and she's texting, uh-huh. I thought this was so funny. It says, she's texting Dartman for you. That's 
on the on the you actual, could actually see what yeah, she was to, writing. And she says, "You're so naughty." N a w t y. It's you could it's, they show the audience what's going on. Uh, yeah, what she's texting. But I'm like, dart men for you. Hmm. And literally, like dart men. Dart man. F the number four. You. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I guess that's Dean Hess. But anyway, so wow. but Seth isn't convinced oh, that anything. Oh, because he's happened. he's a Dartmouth man. Dartmouth. Ah, probably. Dart man. That's what I thought. I was like, is it dart? Okay, is it You're really good at darts. Yeah. So that we just so that lets the audience know she is texting Dean, I guess. But you know, Seth isn't convinced. And I don't like I why, know, why Seth... doesn't he believe me, little shit? Well, I guess it was like, it's almost like he does he it's too good to be true or something, or I don't know. He for yeah. some reason they decided that he doesn't anyway. But Summer is stalking stalking uh Taylor yes. at school and Taylor's catches her, which is a very funny scene because <laughs> instantly you get caught, so you tell this big lie <laughs> and say what? Miss Applebaum. Oh my gosh, she's going to, you know, she's gonna get Bonita in trouble Applebaum. for kissing from Mrs. <laughs> Applebaum. And you Did anyone get the reference? No, no. I did, yes. Thank you. Tribe Called Quest, I listened Thank this you. morning. Oh, actually. were you listening yeah. to me this morning? Tribe's my the best. My 13-year-old likes, yeah, my 13-year-old yeah. loves them. Well, yeah. that is a wise choice in music. <laughs> um, yeah, so she tells Taylor that she saw Dean Hess and Miss Applebaum getting it on. And you almost crack up at the back. At the end. <laughs> did I write that? I was watching it and I see myself like breaking and they kept that take for whatever reason. Well, did you leave and go, I was going this way? Yeah. And that I have a yeah. feeling you exited. And- I think I probably exited the wrong way and I was like, oh shit. And I came back and was like, I meant to go this way. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. There were a couple improvs I noticed that they kept in of mine in, I think it was this episode. Yeah. That yeah. was definitely one of them. Well, and then at, at so the great. fair, at the fair, you guys see them fighting, and Seth still isn't buying like that. It's a lovers' quarrel. He's he's like, no, it's not. And so then Summer decides she's going to write an a because now she has kind of put this whole thing into play. But she's like, wait, I need them to get back together so I can use it to get Ryan back in because right. the, that plan wasn't in place before mm-hmm. she said something about Mrs. Applebaum. Right. So I, I it, it was hard for me to follow the storyline. I was trying to figure it out. So I'm just <laughs> saying it out loud so I'm clear okay. on this. Because th- so now she wants to write a letter to Taylor, a, an apology letter, and he still isn't buying it. And and he's because, oh, that's when Seth goes, we have bigger problems. We need to get them. We want to get him back into school. He's going to be a fisherman. But so <laughs> that's when... <laughs> we have bigger problems. Ryan's going to be a fisherman, <laughs> right? He's like, he's like, out of all the things that you've planned, this is out of all of shenanigans that we've uh, ever done, this is the number one worst, or I don't know, it's at the top of the list. But then that's when he decides, this is a very cute scene. He shows up with the burner sidekick, the bedazzled the one. The burner phone. Yeah. yeah. But you, you're quoting, you're trying to steal from the valley. Yeah. Why not? It's already written. <laughs> it's already written. But uh, he says, no, no, no. We're going to send an invitation, not an apology letter. We're going to text a, an invitation to the Mermaid Inn. And then I love how they give this exposition and remind the audience of everything that went down in the Mermaid yeah. Inn. That's where Teresa may with, have... Oh. Yeah, Teresa may have conceived Ryan's baby. May or may not. You slept with Luke. Yeah. And... What else? Orange County's very own Den of Sin. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's very cute. Yes. There Something's fishy. 
going on there. And then, of course, there's the tailor showing up for the... So in this scene, yes, I had to watch it a couple scenes, a couple times, because Adam is making the funniest choices. <laughs> no, he really is. <laughs> because everything that He's you're... He's like, what? He, like, he goes, yeah. everything you say, he interjects, heinous, what up? Yeah. <laughs> there's just a that lot That was all of, Brody. Okay. Yeah. For sure. Anyway, we like to, like, we like to dissect these things. We and, had fun in those scenes, Adam and I. Like, for sure. Those, those were always like... You know, come on, just messing around. She's a piece of ice. She's cold. <laughs> <laughs> if you stare at Adam, oh, the focus was really between you and Summer, or no, you, you and Summer. and Taylor. <laughs> and but then I started looking, watching him, and it's like he's doing so many fun little choices. Yes, it's like he's entertaining himself for sure. <laughs> yes. Not not to jump ahead, but I noticed that on the um, the final scene when you all are. Walking on the beach, it seemed like a lot of that was going on. Yeah, there was a lot of improv there as well. Yeah. Really entertaining. I'm surprised. I feel like they kept something in that was inappropriate, but I can't remember what it was. He says at the very end, he goes, Fluffer. 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 And I am so. And don't I say up the butt or something? (laughs) No, Marissa goes, What's that? that? And he says, We'll (laughs) tell you later. But I'm so surprised that got by. Yeah, I heard that. And I swear to God, I'm pretty sure I say something and I was trying to like catch it, but I didn't go back. I should have. Get it. Look, su- subtitles. I know, subtitles. I, I, I definitely couldn't have said like up the butt or something. There's no, no way no. I would have kept it. But <laughs> I feel like I said something in response that was inappropriate. But yeah, I couldn't believe it either. I'm just like, what's that? And I think Misha really was like, what's that? I think so too. <laughs> yeah. Because not many You're people. right. That was, I don't know. I don't know. It's. Do you, I, don't, I didn't tell you the funny thing. Sorry, I have to, what? I should have mentioned this. When I walked on the set, I, I think the first scene was with um, Misha. And um, her first role ever was in a movie I did with Sam Rockwell in uh, Louisville called Lawn Dogs. And she played, oh. she was like 11 or 12 in that movie. It was a really great movie. Beautiful film. But um, I walked on set, she was like. She had seen a ghost because I hadn't seen her since in a long, 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 long time. Wow. You were in Lawn Dogs as well. Oh, wow. Yes. I didn't catch that one. Yeah, she shoots me, actually. (laughs) Oh, gosh. She shoots a lot of people. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool, though. She must have, yeah, so young. Wow. Must have been a trip to see her. Yes. (laughs) Well, then Taylor does buy it. We we decide that, you know, your uh, summer's... Declaration that I have, it's either tell Seth's dad the truth or my big mouth and my big buddy list. It's going out there. So we buddy list, by the way, <laughs> also very dated because yeah. I feel like sidekicks had buddy lists. They did. I think so. I didn't get one, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just rubbing it in. <laughs> they got yeah. gifted a lot. See, <laughs> that's okay. We, we're, we're supporting. We're, I understand my place. Supporting. <laughs> yeah. So she threatens and Taylor's we she's got got. Well, she does. I mean, she I mean, it's like why why give it up at the end? And I so I think and then of course we cut to the Sandy Dean scene and they say, I I I love how you guys are throwing around surreptitious surreptitious nature of the call. Um, what's going on? And he's like, Well, I don't know, a relationship between a a, a teacher right. and a student, surreptitious. Um, but he's, okay, so basically what he does and is he explains this device and what it does and it transmits and you, we talked about this, it's like a commercial for a sidekick. Mm-hmm. But uh, he basically says, once Dean, the Dean says, okay, what do you want? And Sandy answers, 
and says, I need you to get Ryan back in. That's blackmail. Yeah. Flat out blackmail. Yeah. So in this day and age, if, if, if Sandy gets found out, that's a big deal. Oh, yeah. I guess for yeah. the purpose of the show, it's fine. <laughs> but well, but I you mean, would think you he could have gotten the same results going to the police too. But I guess he didn't want to do that. So Sandy's compromising. He's got to, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. His moral compass is, has been flexed. <laughs> I also think they made, they drew such a, a black and white um, evil character in Dean S that we had to, they had to do something to really rub his nose in it. For Maybe sure. It was a little more painful somehow. Right. You know, but, I don't know. But Sandy is sending him off to do the same thing in another school. Well, that too. It's not his school, not his kids. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, it's kind of a thing that Julie would do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but see, we have to, we've learned on our podcast, we have to talk about these people like they're real people. Of course. <laughs> That's how well, it works. Why not? That is how it works. I know. I know. Well, so then that was the end of, so Dean accepts it with a, he sit, we, our last time we see him, he sits with like a, oh, Look on his face, <laughs> shakes his head, and it's like, ooh. Can I see that again? <laughs> <laughs> the reenactments are on point today. <laughs> anyway, in the meantime, the other little thing that's going on is um, <laughs> at the beginning, actually, this is kind of a funny scene where um, oh. so you guys are doing, uh, aren't you guys trying to do makeup together? Yeah, the so I'm a little oversharing my space with Marissa. Well, but, and you have the tiny little mirror, but she gets a yeah. she gets a phone call from Julie, and she's looking fabulous yeah, in and her little hat up and of your hat, and it looks so glamorous. And we pull back, and she's in a really shitty motel, that swanky motel, <laughs> which was actually with, by the way, a police officer like <laughs> arresting someone as they walk by you, just to paint a picture. I do. I mean, I think we need to pay attention, or at least I do. No matter what happens to Julie, she's always dressed to the nines. Uh, yeah, she's I think Julie we, Cooper. I think we see her twice once in later in the um, in the season where she's not dressed. Um, she's dressed more appropriately for her surroundings, mm. but um, she she'll still maintain that that facade. So anyway, Ju- Kirsten has Julie. Um, she has a lead on some beachfront properties, and this is the first time she meets Charlotte because she shows up and. Um, Creep. Another shade ball. Another what? Shade ball. Shade ball. Yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Although we all kind of similarly look alike. I've been, uh, somebody thought I was Jerry Ryan once at a party. I can see that. You're all very beautiful. How long ladies. was Jerry on the show? She, this, it's, we're in episode fives and I think she's, her last one is next up, next episode. Is it? So like six episodes. Yeah. She started. Um, I just remember having so much fun. I, I don't know if it's, if it's because I've seen these episodes, but for some reason, I remember shooting all of these scenes with Jerry. Mm. I don't know. We had a lot of fun. That's good. But I think it is interesting, you know, when she wants, Julie shows up for the condo and she's hawked her ring and she has this bag of cash. And I still have those pants, by the way. I've just found them. Do you know how many (laughs) items of clothing that Mindy has from the show? I have zero. I don't know how. Okay, I got the sidekick. You got the wardrobe. (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Eric's like, this is what we're I love that you remember, though. That's what's remarkable. Well, I I mean, it's sitting, they're in my closet. And I'm like, when can I wear these? And I was like, you must have a big closet. No, I don't. That's the thing. Actually, I've been, I've becoming, I'm simplifying my life and getting smaller and smaller. Except you're not letting go of Julie Cooper's wardrobe. Because I stupid. 
<laughs> Fair enough. I didn't a couple of years ago, but I did. <laughs> Fair it's enough. It's so funny. We got, when um, they canceled Ugly Betty, we, you know, we were allowed to, you know, take a few things, but mm-hmm. they literally put the wardrobe on auction and we had to buy our stuff back. No way. Well, is, was Ugly Betty um, Warner Brothers at all? Or is it ABC? ABC. It's ABC. ABC. How many seasons did you do of Ugly Betty? We, well, we were in the middle of the writer's strike. So we did like 80, 80 something episodes. So it was like four and a half ish. Yeah. Yeah. I hear nothing but amazing things about America. She's. Yeah. She's really fantastic. I hear That's what I hear. That's awesome. We had so much fun. I mean, everyone was just probably the, the closest TV family in real life. You know, we were always over one another's homes and. You guys Does it already spend that much? Sorry? You were nominated for um, quite a few awards, too. The Screen Actors Guild. Yeah, right? I got the photo up on the wall. We won the yeah. Golden Globe. Yeah. And um, Emmy and a SAG. Yeah, no, it was really great. Yeah, it was awesome. really Wasn't Alan Dale on for a bit? He was. Yeah. He was my dad. Oh, yeah. Aww. That's what it was. I was yeah. Like, yeah there's... I love Alan. Yes. I did a movie with him in New Zealand years before, and it was, again, really? like, you know, a film like, yeah, he's, I love Alan. Yes. We love him too. He's like, yes. he never ages either. That's no. an amazing thing. Exactly the same. We got to catch up yeah. with him uh, we did. last season. Yeah. yeah. First season. First season. Yes. That's what it was. Yes. Are we in the third one already? Oh, we are. <laughs> uh, but the really, just to sum up and then how this episode ends. Did we already? Oh, when Marissa's crying in the diner, she says her whole thing to Ryan. But then he shows up. Well, actually, Summer and Seth have, like, figured out how to get Ryan back in school, and then they think he's left. He's well, set sail. Oh, it was such a, you know, her sitting there crying. Marissa's, or Misha's so good at she that. She is the best and, and And I just felt for her. She was, she's sobbing, crying, Marissa, and you guys show up, and they're like, what? We just pulled off the most amazing mm-hmm. thing. And in my mind, I'm like, it's only three weeks. It's only three weeks. But I see. Then, I wish I would have known that. I would have like <laughs> not had such a strong reaction. <laughs> it could be longer, and then it could be repeat for sure. And I, so I understand the stakes. But then I think it's a. And then if sure, sure enough, Ryan shows up, and I like the line that Seth says: "The return of the not so ancient mariner." That Samuel Taylor <laughs> Coleridge reference to that poem. I mean, it's like these little things that Josh and Stephanie should throw in. Yeah. That I was like, I have to look that one up. But. Uh, <laughs> All is well. And he says, I don't know what my future is, but my future is with you. I know. It's so sweet. It really is. And then we have Bounty Hunter. Fluffer. Fluffer (laughs) in the future. And Fox censors didn't get that one. (laughs) No one knew what it meant. The the rolling waves (laughs) over that tail end. Right. I'm going to go back and listen because I feel like I make a comment. I could totally be wrong. That's why I found, Eric, that I watch everything with subtitles because you get all these little lines of dialogue that you can't hear and you get dialogue in the in the background and such so but um that was the end of dean Hess, who was one of the most liked villains on the oc (laughs) (laughs) such a but i'm glad to know you had a good time on the show i did that's that's lovely yeah i think i mean i also knew it was fun easy to reason do my bit and, and go to did you have fan reaction on the streets or anything like that or from that show? Did you just- I did. It's funny. I, I was about to say automatically, no, I don't think so. But yeah, I remember when I was um, shooting something in Nova Scotia and I decided to take a, a drive in the Cabot Trail. It goes all the way around the, the island. It's a long, beautiful drive. And um, 
tried to find, decided that it was time to find a motel. And I was in the northern part of the uh, province and no one told me there weren't many places to stay in the off season. Happened to find like a B&B and knocked on the door and, and a sweet man answered the door and his daughter was standing behind him, teenage daughter, and I didn't think anything of it. And I said, is there any, any place to eat? And he said, well, this person down the street makes pizzas out of their garage. I think, you know, I can call over and see if they'll do whatever. So I go in and I drop my bags and there's a knock on the door. Um, and in the time that I put my bag, it was, it was only about an hour, I guess, before I went to go get the pizza. Sorry, I'll make this quick. Uh, they, he, he and his daughter presented a walking stick. I guess they made walking sticks there as a side business. And they had a wood burned into the handle. Um, Dean Hess, the OC. <gasps> no. Yeah. I swear to God. Do you still have really the stick? <laughs> I do. I was like, I, I've been moving stuff around. It's in the garage somewhere, but I came That's across so it a few months ago. Cool. Yeah. And of course, only Canadians are like, I'm going to make you and engrave a walking stick for you before yeah. you walk down exactly. and get for, that For pizza. your favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Favorite. Favorite. <laughs> that is so awesome. I want a walking stick with the engraved. I'm going to Nova Scotia. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we actually have some fan voicemails for you, some questions. So if you have a let's let's do wow. those. Hi, Rachel and Melinda. I'm Laura from London. Um, loving the podcast. Hi, Eric. Um, my question for you is: It was a controversial storyline to have a um, principal in a relationship with a student. And this was quite a common storyline in 2000s um, TV teen dramas. What do you think of it? Um, Why do you think it was such a common storyline? And what do you think your reaction would be if you were in a show that tried to do a similar storyline now in 2022? Thanks. Bye. Wow, that's a minefield, huh? Mm -hmm. Jeez. Well, I think I think the learning curve has been incredibly steep and a long time coming. Obviously, um, with the Me Too movement, this everything has to be handled in a in a different way, and and a lot of these things were always going on and they hadn't um, been addressed. And it's you know way past time we had. And I think I feel much more strongly about it now as a father. Um, it was a lot more common. I'm thinking back to even in college where it was considered not, I mean, I went to Sarah Lawrence where it's about as progressive as one could find in terms of uh, college experience. And it wasn't, it was even frowned upon then, even though it was consent consenting uh, 18 and over. Um, I can't even wrap my head around that, whether it was the, the aughts or nowadays, how there was any frame of reference why this could be allowed to go on. I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. I I don't know. I mean, it's always timely, no matter when it's addressed. Um, But I think casting, shedding light on it um, discourages this behavior from happening, certainly. And like we see, I think it's interesting that the sidekick is in this episode because it's the first time we have that kind of Instead of hearsay, it's real, you know, potentially, even though he's bluffing, real evidence. Um, and that sort of shifts everything, you know, what what th- things would be like nowadays if we didn't have that immediate uh, response and people being culpable because of video and photographs in this day and age. Mm-hmm. 
and even Dean, in, when, when Sandy pre, um, presents him with the facts, he instantly says, oh, well, she's an aggressive girl. It's her fault. Right. He, yeah. he shifts the blame. But we find whether that's true or not, there's still that line of, of responsibility as an adult, right? I mean, I also, I mean, I find it interesting that he is, he is such, I mean, he's been a jerk for so long, Dean Hess. I do find it interesting that he rolls over that easily. Yeah. Right. I yeah. Do. I agree. He would have doubled down probably. I mean, especially in this, not to get political. Mm-hmm. Right. In this day and age. Right. Know? I'm sure they thought about getting real pictures or the bluffing. This, the writers, they probably brought up different yeah, scenarios. But for sure. This is the way they went. Yeah. This yeah. is the way they went. Yeah. Thank you for your question. What's, yeah. We have two more. Hello, I'm a huge fan of the OC, and I was wondering for Eric, um, what is the most fun part about playing a, a villain, a character as annoying as Dean Hess? I'd love to know. <laughs> I I guess the first thing that pops in my head is being um, able to get away with it. I guess like if you're going to be an absolute jerk, uh, being able to explore, I mean, as actors, you know, being able to explore that without um, consequence, I guess, mm-hmm. is part of the playing around that I enjoy, even though watching it make, leaves me with icky feelings, I guess. Um, yeah. I think I think being able to, to just play, the fact that there is absolutely nothing redeeming about Dean Hess is still kind of stupefying. I don't even know. I mean, given the lines that, were written. I don't know what else I could have done with it, but I don't even know if I could pull that off nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> well, like if even even Taylor was written as a, I mean, she's written as a villain, but then we start the writers start writing the the different layers and the complexities that is a human being, and they did the same thing for Julie. She starts very she she fills the role as a villain, but you don't play a villain as a villain. You just right try to play the truth and serve right. serve the dialogue and the text. But, um, yeah. Anyway, that's my thought. Yeah, the <laughs> lack of judgment, I think, is what's fun, mm-hmm. I think, as well. But it's fun. It can be fun. You're, you're, there, there were times when, uh, specifically on the OC, where I had some dialogue that made me cringe and I'd get the giggles. <laughs> it was so harsh. <laughs> like, who would ever say this? And it's like, okay, she would. Right. And she would say it um, without, you know, with, with, because she doesn't care what people think. And to be honest, that's a, that's a superpower, not caring what people oh. think about me or what, what, oh, yeah. or anyone's yeah. opinion of me, no matter what, that's something that I've learned to start to do. My mom's quote, <laughs> it's none of my business what other people think. Of yeah. Me. Doesn't matter. So anyway, so. Yeah. I mean, I think we try and, um, act that way in life, but where there is that sort of that person on your shoulder, censoring what we do in our lives but yeah that was a it was hard to watch surprisingly <laughs> well, do you like to watch yourself and these things is it you know i i've, I've there are times when I'm, i watch this episode or these shows and i'm like ooh, i like the haircuts or <laughs> i'm like oh i looked better there or i, oh, like I have those jeans <laughs> <laughs> but 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 it's but it is weird where i'm like i believe that character i'm like that's not me it's so funny yeah yeah yeah, it's and such the, a character. The thing is, people, you are indivisible for a whole swath of audience members. You're indivisible from the character you play, which I think is the hard part, you know, 
to sort of process, especially when you're playing such a jerk. <laughs> yes, right. Like, you're, and you're not that guy. No, you're not. But you played it well. Autumn Racer is now one of the Hallmark darlings, but you worked with her way back when on the OC and the Nature of the Beast. How was it to act with her way back when? And have you remained friends? Um, I actually, we do these um, fan conventions from time to time. And I got to spend, I would bump into her from time to time at events. But uh, in December, I did a, a convention and we had a long weekend. It was sort of like a bunch of actors hanging out in the hotel when we weren't doing our, our thing. And it was really fun. So we just sat around, drank some wine and caught up. So yes, I got to spend some time with Autumn and it was, it was nice, super sweet. And it's funny, though, with that in mind, thinking about where we were 17 years ago and where we've been since then, it really, I think if we didn't have kids, I don't feel, especially guys, because we're so immature, I wouldn't, I don't believe that we would think we're any older, but that's the other thing. I watch that and I think I don't even recognize that person, <laughs> which is funny. Um, but yeah, Autumn is as sweet as can be. Yes. Yes, absolutely. One of the best. She is. Well, Eric, this was such a pleasure. Thank you for spending some time with us and reminiscing. And the fans will be so excited to see this. And thank you for your contribution to the show because, I mean, we love to hate Dean Huss. We loved. Yes. (laughs) It's very fun screaming at the television. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for taking the time. I want your kitchen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's beautiful okay. <laughs> okay. thank you <laughs> no it's, okay. it's sure. just so I love it um, yeah it was so nice having you and thank you for taking the time to talk to us and it's been a lot of fun yeah thank you both very much thank you take care bye bye thank you so much for listening follow rate and review welcome to the OC bitches wherever you listen to podcasts and if you like to watch us check it out on YouTube bye bye bitches bye bitches